welcome to the exhaust notes podcast what is good welcome back to the exhaust notes podcast my name is nick ingvall i've got a whole host of people with me tonight to discuss probably my favorite episode of last season the fantasy draft really row it trevor aaron todd how you guys doing Everybody all at once, everywhere, all at once. All the all the things from Todd's favorite movie of uh, 2022. That actually was my favorite movie of 2022. I know, I, I'm, I know my co-host well. <laughs> Trevor, how you doing? How's Canada? I am doing exceptionally well. I am uh, very excited for next weekend and the first race of the year. So let's go. Awesome. Aaron, how about yourself? Thanks for having me back. I'm excited again for this, um, especially because uh, spo- spoiler, but non-spoiler, I have a better uh, draft position. So, spoiler, confident. Thank you. But yeah, what uh, what position did you get in the drafts last year? Or the final total? Last, what was, last was year, last? Aaron got fourth. That would be last. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just want to. I want to rub that in now before your boy wins the the rest of the season. So, Here's the other thing. Nick was the only one that no. Nick and I got the same picks last year. Nick got the second overall pick. I had the third overall pick, and this year we're also going to have the same picks. And last year we finished with Todd in first, myself in second, Rowett in third, and Aaron in fourth. This year we bring Trevor into the mix. We're changing up the rules a little bit. Going to add a little flavor to it. We're going to throw in a trade deadline. That'll be to be determined, but I, I'm I'm excited. We we ran the the randomizer beforehand. We're uh, wh- what's the order? The order is Aaron number one, Nick number two, Rowett number three, Trevor number four, Todd number five, and Mr. Engvall. You're bearing the lead. We have new points to give as well with the fastest lap. After what felt like a long, arduous congressional session between the four distinguished gentlemen from America and the one distinguished gentleman from Canada, we have now agreed that the fastest lap will be worth three points for every race. Todd Yates will now offer a dissenting opinion. I concede my time to the gentleman in the Rangers hat. (laughs) At least you didn't call me a baseball fan again. Yeah. Uh, No, I have no dissenting opinion. Uh, As Nick mentioned, we're doing... We're, we are going to throw a wrench in later this season with a trade deadline, and we have fast slap points now. Um, draft works like draft works like usual. We're going to do snake draft. They just ran down the order, so I think we get into it, boys. Before we do, let's just remind Go everybody up. because this is always somebody's first podcast, and this is always someone's last podcast. That sounded cryptic, but nonetheless, I continue on. How this works is we look at every single race and if you are in first place you get 20 points second place gets 19 all the way down to 20th where you get one point if you do not finish you get zero we've added three points for the fastest lap there is a trade deadline that we're still going to iron out uh and yeah comedic hijinks will ensue because somebody will mess up and we will all laugh at them and i just hope to god it's not me and just to clarify the fastest lap points for our draft don't work the way they do for the actual racing you can be dead last and pull a fastest lap and still get the three points correct yes we are a fantasy league of inclusion and diversity we truly we call it the latifi rule <laughs> how dare you that man single-handedly cost me the uh, damn thing last year <laughs> and just to clarify if your ferrari engine blows up you get zero points sir please don't 
wood hurts. <laughs> I had Alonzo last year, so uh, I look at If you had Alonzo last year, you basically won if you asked Alonzo, Aaron. So I think you're hmm. you're going to do well this year. There's a new side rule that we you, we add on whatever points Alonzo say he's missing to your total. <laughs> it's kind of like free so I, think, I think you got like 80 or so more points last year. Yeah, for sure. See, perfect. So, Aaron, speaking of, do you want to start us off with the first overall pick? And before you do, what is your team name? Do you have a team name? Uh, I don't have a team name yet. Last year, I had was it, I had the four youth and the old guy. It was something like that. So that was after my team was chosen. So we'll figure it out as you know as the picks come along. Okay. So. Well, then please start us off. All right, guys. With um, the number one pick of the 2023 Exhaust Notes Fantasy Draft. Does that sound right? Yep. Perfect. Uh, the least surprising pick ever. Esteban. Oh, you son of a... Danny. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, ouch. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, we're going to go with Mr. Max Verstappen, the Dutch King, the Drive to Survive, one hour um, interview man he's gonna I mean RB looks for those that watch uh, preseason Red Bull looks pretty strong uh, pretty much in form of course we don't know what the teams are doing but I mean uh, pretty much first testing session um, top to timesheets Red Bull was pretty consistent um, Honda said they got over last year's ethanol issues um, the height differences doesn't look like they're impacting them so uh, either way, it's Max, number one. Number Team. one in your hearts. Number one in your hearts, number one in your program. Number just, one on his car. Yep. And if it's on his car, it's that's, true. That's a conversation for a future episode, the number one on the car. I have so many thoughts about that. But the second pick, I'm actually going to throw the slight curveball here and go with a totally emotional pick and take Lewis Hamilton. Wow. What? What? <laughs> looks like <laughs> I was practicing my surprise face for Aaron and now I just have to use it for angle. What the hell? Just going for it. Yeah, I respect I'm just it. Just going Team for Lewis. it. That way Roe gets to pick, you know. I mean Don't you do I like how Roe had just remember much- this at the trade deadline, Roe. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forget you guys can see the exhaust notes thing. I've been mock drafting you. <laughs> yeah, he, he pretty much had the first round filled out, and I was like, "Yeah, that actually sounds pretty accurate." <laughs> threw a wrench into that one real quick. Listeners, for next year, make sure that if you're doing a mock draft, do not do it on the goddamn community spreadsheet because you will be embarrassed. Okay. I mean, to be fair, I, I do think uh, Lewis, and a lot of people don't think this, but I think Lewis is gonna have a better uh, season than George's. He is, and I think Mercedes is sandbagging right now. Oh, really? Mm. Well, Did I mean, you see their uh, all-hands-on-deck meeting after day two of testing where they were not not very happy-looking? Yeah. No, I did not. Please tell us more about this, Trevor. No, there was, uh, there was, a, there was a lot of stuff poking around on Twitter on, I guess, what was that? Uh, Friday? Saturday? Saturday night? Friday, Friday night, about 
big engineers and Toto meeting where they were looking very serious uh, after after day two of testing and you know they did have a better day three but I think there's a lot there's still a lot of concern about the the Mercedes car so we'll see what happens uh, on a scale of Toto it didn't and the look like it didn't, it, it didn't look like sandbagging okay fair no i was just gonna ask you on a scale of toto and the black turtleneck versus toto and what we are describing as a highly choreographed dance between him and christian horner and this year's drive to survive how angry was he was he leaning more towards one or the other well he was uh he was a seven out of ten so okay. so, so it's black turtleneck, but it's rumpled <laughs> it's loose. It's a relaxed turtleneck. Yeah. Maybe a mock, was neck. Yeah. mock neck. Yeah. A Galapagos neck. <clears throat> All right, I'll go next. I had one person in mind, but I'm going to just take best available. Give me Charlie Leclerc. What? Ooh. I thought you were the no, listen, Carlos fan. Though. I am a Carlos fan. And. I'm still trying to win because I'm salty about last year. So <laughs> look at it this way. If I win, great. If I lose, I have so much more content to milk, which is Carlos is the better driver. So it's a win-win for your boy. <laughs> Trevor? I, you're well, rocking I didn't the think actual suit I, of one of the teams, but is that the direction you're going to go in? I am definitely taking the second best driver on the grid this year, and I will take uh, Monsieur Perez. Nice. Canada and Mexico coming together in a way to <laughs> take all the Americans out of this grid. So well done, Trevor. Well done. Ah, Logan Sargent is still to be heard from. So. Oh, I don't know if you heard. His name is Josh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that episode hasn't released yet. Oh, Lordy. That's me. Uh, God, God who is left? I already think Trevor's going to win if based on who Todd picks as his fifth overall pick. Well, well I've got answer. snake draft, right? So I yeah, got the next two. Yep. All right. I want to take the sensible one. Did you actually put these in finishing order of last year's championship points? No, no. I just put oh, it in terms of the constructor. Oh, never mind. Yeah, okay. It was... All right. Uh, wow, I actually thought Lewis is gonna was gonna be hanging around at pick five. For That's some what reason. I thought, but Nick Engvall ruined my diary. Um, I'm gonna take George Russell with my fifth pick. Uh, it's and I feel like if I don't take him now. This, this fifth person is adding an element. If I don't take him now, he's not going to be there. Nope. By the time I get a pick again, I'm going to take no. Fernando Alonso. No. <laughs> oh. Uh, I knew that was coming as soon as he did it. All signs are pointing up for Aston Martin. And uh, yeah. Lance, even Lance Stroll is going to be a point getter this year. So Not if you hear my hot take, because that was the one that <laughs> Todd speechless. All right. Wow. That definitely throws a wrinkle. Trevor, you're up. Well, Todd Todd just reminded me when he said all signs are pointing towards uh, a good year for Aston Martin. So I'm going to take the other signs 
and uh, I will add the Ferrari driver to my team. Very nice. That's who I figured you want. Uh, you would go with, and I like your team already. All right. So let's see who's up next. I, it's just crazy. Carlos made it that far. Uh, it, it is. Yeah. I I was hoping to reenact my two picks from last year where I was going to try to go George and Carlos, but I didn't think Carlos would last that long, and I was proven to be right. All right. No, fuck it. Why not? I am an Esta bandit through and through. Go ahead and give me uh, Ocon. <laughs> uh, to be fair, he was next on my, my tier list as well. All right, Nicholas. I'm going to put uh, right. Nicholas Latifi there just to see if you're paying attention. Seriously. <laughs> uh, wow, what do you do? Do you go with, with driver or team or do you somehow try to balance it out? Because like, the rest of the field is looking a little dim. Oh, no, uh, put point. it this way. I think there's one, one pick. You're trying to sandbag a little. We know who you're going after. And if you don't go after him, he's not going to get past Aaron. The team doesn't look that good, though. That's the that's, that's the, problem. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Go, right. Keep keep going emotional. Yeah. Go with the guy that with the son after his name. <laughs> Yuki son. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Lando <laughs> Norris. Don't sound so excited after being so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you had to take Lance Stroll. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's. I, I'm more optimistic for for some sort of crazy thing happening where Lance Stroll or a potential replacement makes him like a sleeper in the field. I have total faith in Lando Norris's ability. I don't have faith in the, car. the McLaren team. Did you guys see the thing about Will Buxton in Lando? No. How he said he saw him punch, punch the door, punch post-session meeting or whatever with the drivers. And when he was walking out, apparently he punched a wall, but then Will totally like backtracked did he, on Twitter later and said like, oh, it could have been a playful hit. I don't really know. Did he punch smash my door? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I did not see that. Thanks for letting me know after I pick one. That's games. That, that's exactly why it was after the pick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, Aaron. All right. So uh, since it's snake, it doesn't really matter. And these two, um, but just out of thing, uh, the next person, just because Dan and Lick as good at during testing, but God, do it. I mean, Ocon's already gone. So it's Pierre Gasly. Team Baguette. We? We. As long as their engine survives, I think they could still... I think they have a shot to be third, if I'm being honest. If I think Mercedes regresses the way, I think they could possibly regress, but... The, the hot takes episode has already been recorded, right? Sir, why do you think I ended that episode without <laughs> finishing third? There are going to be so many awkward handshakes between Ocon and Gasly this year just every race them just like do we have to do we have to fist tap fist bump each other do we have to here's what I would like because we've nicknamed them team baguette before and after every race they have to take a baguette and break it together so they break bread <laughs> I want them to just see like be seen drinking coffee together like sharing a croissant or something like that will never happen Aaron unless it's on drive to survive and yeah. it's orchestrated 
Deep fakes are a great thing. You can do a lot with deep fakes. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, Aaron. All right. What's your third pick? So, um, as much as it pains me, but the team looks good. Felipe Dragovich. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say Lance Stroll's name. <laughs> and whoever his successor might be if, if Felipe um, was to lose the seat. Uh, That's an overseas Aston, Aston's, Aston's looking looking good. Obviously, they're the green Red Bull last year. They made some changes in the offseason, so it's not as Red Bullish. But, I mean, they they surprised a lot. Everyone on the grid is pretty much saying they're looking pretty good. Um, Alonzo's happy for now. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. But, um, I mean, like, let's hope there's a lot of rain. And then we know for sure Lancey Boy will probably score points. But, uh, yeah, whoever whoever has that second Aston Martin seat, Felipe for the, at least the first race and then stroll whenever he gets back. You mean Seb Vettel? And if it – Hey, speaking into existence, right? I, I'm ready for Wild Hogs Formula One edition with seven Alonzo. <laughs> <laughs> if he's there by the trade uh, deadline, you can have my whole team. Just give me Seb. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, who's All right, up next? Back Nick, to me. You. Uh, another unexciting pick for me. I'm going to go with Valtteri Bottas. Mm. Mm. Team doesn't look great, but. The car He's does. the best driver from who's left, in my yeah. opinion. So. No, I was going to get him, but now I'm in a real Sophie's choice because you know what? Much like uh, the strategy I took with Charles Leclerc, I'm going to take it with my next driver. Give me Oscar Piastri. Son of a bitch. That's exactly why I did what I did. I just want drivers I can hate at this point. Oh, that sucks because the two guys I was looking at were the last two that were taken. So now I'm now I'm a little bit torn. Bring uh, him home, Trevor. Bring him home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I am going to go a little bit outside, a little bit of a home run throw, and I will take... I will take the other alpha with uh, Mr. Guan Yu Zhou. That's a nice pick. I'm not mad Damn at that. That is a good pick. That's a good one. Here's next on my tier list as well. Zhou Guan Yu. Just clear it. Zhou Guan Yu sure. or Guan Yu Zhou? <laughs> Depends on who the announcer of the day is. I uh, know. But when they talk about him by his first name basis, they always say Joe. And it sounds like Joe when it comes out with a British accent. So you can call him Joe Guan Yu. Joseph Guan Yu. What are you going to do about it? Joey. With now that he's <laughs> off the board, Todd. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, We're left with three teams. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think... Oh, man, that's rough. America. It looks like Williams took a little bit of a step forward. Haas also looked decent. AlphaTauri did not look great. So I'm going to take with my next two picks. 
Oh, that's right. You get the. You know what? Mr. Never Podiumed, Nico Hulkenberg. Wow. And for my follow up pick, I'm going to take Alex Albon. Whoa. I have a trade in. I really wanted to take Logan Sargent just to be like America, F yeah, but Alex is a proven, proven racer. He'll I'll pick up a. I think he chose him for his girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> senior vets, yep. female body inspector, Todd Yates. <laughs> hey, she she's easy on the eyes, but she's also got a great golf game. So that's the long and the short of it. What what color is Albon's hair this year? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> just purple. I think, I think it's bleach blonde, but he was on my list because he just bought an orange singer. Ooh, man of taste. I, I'm more interested though, uh, Nico over Kevin. Yeah, I I think Kevin probably has higher peaks, but if you look back at last season, in this like era of car that we're in now, he still had some mistakes, and like I think it got overshadowed by Mick slapping the wall every other race, so. He still had some mistakes. He's got a higher potential, probably, um, as we saw in what was that spa last year? Got mm-hmm. pole, crazy wet lap. But I think uh, I think Hulkenberg will be bring me P seven points all day. It's the German Ocon. All right, Trevor. What, who do you have in your last Once again, once again, the hot takes from from Mister Yates continue. <laughs> uh, I am going to gladly take uh, Mister Magnuson. Yep. As uh, somebody that's actually podiumed in his career a couple times, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I felt like he had a good start to last year, and then they kind of shut development of the car down. It seems like Haas will do that every year; they'll just stop developing their car about June. But I, I, I think he's a professional driver, and you know, he can. I feel like he can bring in P7, P9, P11 a little bit more consistently than some of the other guys on the list. So, Hey, Haas is supposed to spend more money or actually just spend to the cap this year. I'm not going to buy it until I see a Gunther Steiner, Gene Haas phone call because that man truly asked him to do everything, including how he should wipe, whether it should be sitting down or standing up. They, they even condensed their uh, stand. Did you, did you yeah, hear three, about that? Three person? Yeah. Three person. They're- Pit wall is now three three person pit wall, and it's gonna save them like two hundred and fifty grand a year in shipping. Yeah. Well, it's not sure, but is that gonna make but a difference? Two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a, you know, whatever one hundred and twenty million, whatever the number is, is a pretty small amount. Like, yeah, sure, it gets you whatever half a front wing, but no, like they like, said, take that. The, I've heard this is something I read last year, but an, a new front wing development is about fifty grand. So that's five front wing developments. Sure, but like Aaron said, in the past Haas hasn't even spent to the cap. So what's the point of saving money? Uh, 
putting it on making a faster car. I, I'm all for that. It looks hilarious, the tiny pit wall, but... So how about next year? It's just Gunther. Just G- Gunther on a on a bar stool. <laughs> just Gunther in like a, a floaty... Just on a Segway? <laughs> you heard it here first. Just... Barstool Sports' is Formula One correspondent next year is going to be Gunther Steiner. <laughs> Do I should just sell the spot to like fans to help pay? See, can they sell the they, seats? They could oh, definitely, they could definitely make more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars if they did that. Oh, Way more. Yep. Twenty five grand a race. Yeah. Yep. Shit, I bet you they could charge a hundred grand a race and they'd sell the people. Yep. All right. Those are those are prime seats, even if uh, it is on the P P eight section of the of the paddock. Yep. Do I go with the American Latifi or Japanese Cartman? Yeah, go ahead and give me the international man of mystery, Nick DeVries. <laughs> I like it. It's another guy I have gone against in my hot takes episode. So yeah, I'm really leaning into the hate this year. <laughs> Nick Nick did not have the greatest of, uh, no. of practice days. Which... From a hot takes perspective, that is music to my ears. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Nick, Nick, who do you have as your last pick? I mean, come on. This I guess I'll go with the wild card and and, and take uh, oh, Josh, Josh Sargent. Josh Sargent, wave that flag, Marco. I thought that you were going to go that way. If that way, if Yuki actually does well for Aaron, I can I can bring it up at the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Alfatari looks rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and obviously for my pick, I get Young Shorts. Is he still the shortest or is Nick shorter? Oh, Nick is shorter, I'm sure. Really? Ah, oh, damn it. I, Yuki doesn't even have that for him? He's like 5'2". Nick is? So is Nick. They're both tiny. Yeah, I would like for if any of them make it to the podium this year, they should totally like wear a really big tench, uh, trench coat and get on one of each other's shoulders and just take the podium that way. <laughs> I hope it's at Coda just so Shaq can hand him the trophy. <laughs> and, like, oh my god, that'd be actually be amazing. All right, let's oh. recap this for the for the people. Aaron, who, who are your four picks? All right, so I got um, top pick Yuki. I mean, sorry, Max Verstappen, Pierre Gasly, Lance Stroll, Felipe Dragovic, whatever, whoever fill in that that spot, and then uh, Mr. Yuki Sonoda. All right, and my uh, four were Lewis Hamilton, Lando Norris, Valtteri Bottas, and Logan Sargent. I had Charles Leclerc, I had the Esteban himself, Esteban Ocon, I had Oscar Piastri, and I had Nick DeVries. I had Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz, Guan Yu Zhou, and Kevin Magnussen. And I had the winning team of Crikey, George Russell, the future world champion, Fernando Alonso, Nico Hulkenback, and Smoke Show Girlfriend. Oh, is is he Native American? <laughs> he is. He is of the singer tribe, I believe. All right. So, all right. So, I'm I'm gonna throw a, a question to everybody. 
who, which team from the rest of us would you would you choose if you had to choose a different team? I'll go Trevor. I really like Trevor's team. I think Trevor's got a solid team. Yeah, we'll go Trevor actually. <laughs> I like I like Todd's team just because I had Alonzo pretty high on my list. Um, I actually considered him with my fourth pick because I do think this Aston Martin car is going to be good and Alonzo is still a good driver. So I like that pick. I, yeah, I agree. I think I would trade this. I've got trades. I hope already that I'm wrong. I've already got trades percolating, and I know who my mark is going to be. I hope that I'm wrong here, but I have a feeling that the max pick is going to be the nation of domination, and like what if I, he's not winning the race, he's you know P two with a puncture somehow or something. He's going to be so far ahead that he just like runs away with it. So I think I would take Aaron's team. Especially since he's also got an Aston car, which is going to be fast and will be driven by Sebastian Vettel. So for how many races, though? Uh, I think he's going to come in for the first race, win the first race, and then they're going to sign him to a new contract at the expense. And they're going to have Alonso, the Constructors World Championship of Alonso and Stroll, and Daddy Stroll is going to be like, "Listen, Junior, don't fuck this up for me." We had a chance at a constructors championship here. Could you imagine that team like against like in reality, Alonso and Sabetel and Seb Vettel? Yeah, Wild Hogs. I'm looking forward to it. The uh, I never knew the I mean, Formula that One be, had a team. That would be a beautiful circuit. thing. <laughs> that would be so insane. <laughs> I I do like how the rumors about you know Vettel was going to drive for Stroll this weekend, and the fact that he was just like camping somewhere in Europe and. Sorry, sorry, I, I I can't answer the phone. I'm busy camping. Like, he's he's such a free spirit, and you know, it doesn't seem like F1 racing is anywhere on his list of things to do this year. It hasn't been gone from him long enough. Yeah. It'll come back. No, no, I I'm with Trevor. I like the descent he's made into being Formula One's equivalent of Bill Walton, where it's just it's true. He's just doing his own thing. He's just living his life. I'm just hoping that somebody signs him up as an analyst or he does a podcast because I do think uh, despite all of his magnanimous environmental looking outs of the world, I still think he's probably going to be a quality race car driver or more con- conveniently, he could provide some really good analysis. So I'd be chomping at the bit to just sign him to be affiliated with my team, similar to, I guess, what Alan Prost was, was to Renault a couple of years ago. Was it on the first episode of Drive to Survive or was it in one of the preseason conversations for the commenter commentators that they were basically alluding to uh, Christian Horner trying to get Vettel back to Red Bull, like as if it was actually a possibility? I didn't hear that. So it must have been Drive to Survive. No, was that the first well, episode there, ha- there has been some noise about that and, and the fact that, you know, bringing him home and. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, they're, they're close. So, so, we'll see. He did win him four titles. I mean, it's not like they, they could sign him for a day to well, yeah, retire the jersey. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, I think Vettel is out for at least two years. I mean, he might come back. He might do like the Alonzo, Kimi, Michael Jordan thing. It's just, it's just, I'm back. It's going to be an uh, environmentally friendly eco paper that disintegrates after you read it. (laughs) 
won't be a fax machine. Um, no, but I, I, I felt feel like Alonzo is just a racer at heart, and he will be racing into his seventies. Like you'll see him at, you know, the Masters event at the Indy Five Hundred. He'll still be bump bumping tires with guys, and I feel like Vettel doesn't have that drive to be. You know, driving is everything. So that might be the difference. Maybe. Yeah, definitely Alonso just has that. Obviously, like, especially the, the European foot and, and always, like, carding. Especially the guys who've just been carding since they're, like, out of diapers. Like, it feels like, especially the old school guys, just continuously do it. But, yeah, I, I agree. Alonso's just a driver. Like, even though, like, Max... It, Everyone knows Max is like crazy. Just I'm just about to drive. Obviously, Mister No Personality because all he wants to do is drive and have a simulator everywhere and do the virtual events and all that stuff. But even then, like you know, he just seems resigned with. It's which is a little weird because he says, you know, I've won the title. Like I don't really have much more, which is surprising because most people are like, once he's at the top, you want to stay at the top, right? Or win more. He says, he says like, yeah, I, I don't like the pressure's off. I've already won the title. Then it's just fun from here on out. Like he, you just mentioned the virtual racing. He like pissed and moaned about getting disconnected from the virtual 24 hour of the Mons for like a day. Like Dude, that, that event was horrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But like he's, he only knows racing and he'll be that exact same Type of guy where on oh, like in his off season he goes karting for fun, like that's the intro episode when Max was in it. He like bless his heart. He tried to make like a dad joke, and they were like, "How's the chair? Or how's it, babe? How's it being back sitting in the chair?" And he's like, "Oh, it's quite comfortable." Like he just has no personality. Like it, it, he's trying his best, but no, he's he's gotten media training in the two years since he made a drive to survive appearance he's been very professional say what you will about him and god knows i've said a lot in terms of a detracting sense but the man is very polished the man will not say anything controversial because he has other controversial figures in his own organization that will take that heavy lifting for him in dr helmet marco and the esteemed esquire christian horner like he has easy like literally his job is to race and when you make that life so simple for that man like he should feel comfortable like he has nothing to do except race the car yeah i don't i don't, I don't see him changing the, the the only thing that like i think he could he will improve at uh is actually kind of the the smoke and mirrors game that Lewis plays, mm -hmm. right? Like that's what you have to do to continue to win as you age in formula one. And I think Max is like, will be the best driver on the grid for a significant amount of time. Red Bull presumably will have, you know, one of the best cars for, you know, who knows how long at this point, 2026, maybe. But for Max, like he, he doesn't need to change anything either. Right? Like the only thing that's going to help him, kind of outsmart it, it, you know we saw it we we had conversations about it last season just in those battles with charles leclerc and like not falling for things you know not falling for the like just put the pedal to the floor and go and actually thinking smarter about it and that in itself was like 
we all were like wowed by that. And it's like, that's not actually, that's not actually something you should be impressed with, with somebody who's literally the best driver on the face of the planet. They should do that naturally. Right. Like they should think strategically on a normal basis. And I think that's like, just like, you're going to start to see him start to play the, play the media game a little bit more, but it'll be very max straight faced way. Right. It'll just be like, you know, no frills, no jokes, no anything other than just like misguided, you know, thoughts. Uh, let me ask you, gentlemen, this over under Baku before we get the first Max outburst where he's threatening to kill an entire engineering family and taking the firstborn of random marketing person like over under Baku. Definitely going under. Yeah, I'm taking the under. <laughs> under. <laughs> Over under Jetta. The second yeah. I I do think that he's, you know, now that he's won two, he's starting to check off more boxes. Like, you know, he probably wants to win four because he wants to be Red Bulls. You know, he wants to tie Vettel for the most Red Bull championships. And then, you know, if he gets to that, then he can you know, take that dartboard of Lewis Hamilton off the wall and, you know, go after seven, you know, like he's probably still got all these slights that, or these, you know, these, these goals. And every time he says, you know, Oh, I'm happy that I just won two. You can kind of tell that he's like, like, like we talked about, it's media training. He's not going to be like, I'm not going to be happy until I win eight. Like nobody's going to say that, but he's so driven and he's still so young that, you know, I do think that he's he's going to try to, you know, his next one is trying to equal Vettel's four straight for Red Bull. And you know, I think keep, it, keep this going year from there. Is, is three. He wants three in a row because only two other drivers have ever done that. Lewis and Schumacher. So he wants three in a row. Then his next will be let's equal Vettel's four. And then he'll. OK, now it's just the targets on Lewis. Right. Because I think legacy is important for all these guys and the fact that, you know, he was able to knock Lewis off the perch, even though he needed some help from some some uh, some race directors Michael. still means that <laughs> Michael, uh, he does need to, uh, you know, he he's still got bigger fish to fry in, on his on his career legacy. So. No, I think I agree with you guys because in a way he's kind of set up his own last dance where every title is going to mean something in the grand scheme of things. I think the other thing that may or may not get overlooked is the fact that he's also ultimately going to be this new generation's fan go-to driver. Like people that are new into the sport, like most of our audience, they haven't seen the brilliance of Schumacher. They haven't seen the brilliance of Senna. They've caught the tail end of Lewis. Like this is their guy. This is going to be their measuring stick going forward. And I think similar to what everybody else has already kind of said, that is important because now we're also living in the golden era, uh, golden age of narratives being defined regardless of what your sport is. And if he can lock that up as early as, how old is he? 26, 27? It might be 25. It might be 20. If he can lock that up by, let's say, if he gets Seb's four by the time he's 28, like, sky's the limit. I, at that point, I would be very surprised if he doesn't get Lewis's number down. Yeah, Max is 25, turning 26 in September. And he's already got, like, nine seasons on the grid, which is insane. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. He's going to be dominant for so. I just, I don't, to Trevor's point, I don't see him getting bored with racing. I feel like he'll just have, like, he just, he just wants to win. And like, that will just be a new, a new target for him each time. Like, okay, so he gets to eight and he beats Lewis and, and Schumacher. Well, then might as well go be the first to get double digits, you know? Like, I mean, it just continually, like, you could just see him being that driven to survive. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I think uh, in 2026, that's going to be, obviously, with all the regulation changes and all the new manufacturers, that would be like, because if you say he won four in a row, right? And he, he goes into 26 as a champion, but, you know, obviously Ford hasn't been around in a bit. Or that yet, it'll be five. Um, if they weren't good then, you know, I could just see him. I, because I think when he's in the car, it's like his, definitely his focus is like driving and his focus in life is, is driving and that's, and that's what he wants. But it's also one of the, at the point, it's like, you know, how much do you want to go for the ups and downs of some of that stuff? Because, you know, Vettel and Alonso both admitted it after their seasons, you know, like it was, it was rough for them sometimes. When you're there and you're, you're in a car that's just not, you know, GP2, right, for Alonso? Well, <laughs> well, well, I think I think a lot of that we're going to see this year, right? If, if Mercedes doesn't have a competitive car, like what does Lewis want to do long term, right? That I know we're kind of getting into the hot takes <laughs> you know that you guys talked about on the uh on the future episode but like if if lewis can't win a race for two years in a row does he stick around and you know that's that's always the fear is if you don't have a competitive car and you're used to being a competitive driver what's gonna right, happen i think it's a interesting point trevor and i guess let me ask you this because on that hot takes episode that hasn't been released yet at least in this timeline i made the bold proclamation that this is going to be his second year where he doesn't win a race if that is true do you think he retires i think it i think it depends on if the car is still competitive like if if russell wins three races and lewis you know has bad luck in those races or you know doesn't you know, isn't, isn't at the front, then, you know, he might stick around if he thinks the car is competitive. But if he doesn't, if that, if that car is, you know, instead of being the third car is the fourth car, you know, maybe not, you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on in his life. He's got lots of money in the bank. And, you know, at some point you just don't want to go through the motions. And, you know, we talk about Alonzo as somebody who, you know, yeah, he took two years off, but, he's he's a race car driver at heart and you know lewis has other other aspirations in his life so i could i could definitely see him retiring at the end of this year it definitely it depends on if how how the comparison is with george right like trev said if if george is winning races and the whole year lewis doesn't that's a different story than if the car is just crap for both of them (laughs) and they both don't win um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see because last year also Lewis, you know, he did uh, like the great thing of being the tester really. He, he, he used his car to be the testing and they both, you know, sacrificed 
their drives um, to try to work in that car throughout the year. And by the end of the year, they, you know, it was decently fast. It was a true number three for sure. Uh, but they caught up to Ferrari, right? Where there was considerations they might surpass Ferrari because of their consistency. So um, this year is obviously a big one, I mean, for all the teams, but Mercedes for sure. Um, I mean, they went back to black, so they have to win, right? They'll win at least one. If not, then then the uk might blow up or something yeah, I, I have a question because there was a member of this panel that proclaimed george russell a future world champion which kind of goes against the narrative that we've kind of said that this is max decade to lose i will ask that esteemed panel member i think it was was it tyler tyler yates um how do you rate george russell's chances this year is he going to be within a hundred points of max I didn't have that hot take. No, no, no. I'm just asking because I thought you said previously, like, you've referred to him as a future world champion in the past. Oh, I think... See, that's complicated because I do think he's got the the skills to be a world champion. But that would require two things. Red Bull to fall off a little bit mm-hmm. because I don't. I would not rate George higher than Max, obviously. And Lewis not being on the team, which if you listen to the Hot Takes episode, I talk about that a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think if I put like George Russell against Leclerc, against Lando in a, in a competitive car, I think he could still win a title. Yep. I mean, like all cars being equal, I think he's got uh, he's up there for sure. Top, you know, the sharp end, as the Brits say. And I was also going to mention this next person because you also mentioned him and there is a Lando expert on the panel as well. Nick, like, what is the realistic expectation for Mr. Norris this year? Because if I'm him, I don't think this is going to be another good year for the car. Like, when do I start looking at my options? Because I don't think he can do that given how this car is. I mean, best case scenario, they completely Landify the car and only he can drive it. But then you're going up against Max and he's already given you a proof of concept that if you put all your resources towards one member of your team, it can reap good benefits. But I don't know. I think we're going to talk about Lando, Charles, George, the same way we talk about the likes of Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, um, Patrick Ewing as guys that probably should have won at least one. But because they have Jordan in their era, it's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, they're racing against, you know, Jordan and Curry, whether, you know, like you've got Max and Lewis over the last few years who just dominated. I don't think Lando has any, he doesn't have anywhere to go up right now. That's the thing that's kind of interesting. I don't think that, but, but that's probably, that's probably super unlikely, right? Nobody at Red Bull is like, Hey, Lando has a shot to beat Max. Why, why mess up? Like, we all know that Red Bull doesn't care if Checo wins championships. They care if Max wins championships. So that second seat is exactly that. It's a second seat. No matter who on this grid takes that second seat, they are always second to Max because he's the proven champion in, that, in, in the Red Bull. So until 2025 or whatever, 2026, you know, the, the there's no seat to move up to that, that's – going to really benefit Lando to the extent of your competing with Max. Like, okay, if Hamilton retires or, you know, signs is gone and either of those seats is open, Lando moves up and he becomes slightly more competitive. 
but neither of those teams is actually going to compete with Red Bull and Max Verstappen. Like that's the dynamic duo that is like, to Todd's point, leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else right now, probably for the next couple of seasons, foreseeably, potentially even longer, you know, like who knows? But I don't see like guys like Lando, who I think is a great driver. Same with George Russell. Like George Russell's a great driver, but like, where does he go? It doesn't do him any good to, to move teams at this point. He's he moves to Ferrari and becomes slightly more competitive. But then does that hurt his legacy? Like Trevor's talking about, like there's still something to be said with, you know, the guys that make these extended runs with the team, whether it's Lewis or Seb or Max, people remember those guys and those teams on a much greater level than they remember the one-off, you know, Braun GP winning a title. Like, you know, like those types of things are just a weird nuance to formula one, right? Like nobody, nobody, you know, to go to your NBA comparison, nobody cares that, you know, what Gary Payton or Mitch Richmond got a ring with the Lakers. Like, you know, the, the only person that cares about that is those guys. And if that's what you want to do, then no, you know, so be it. But I just don't see there being a whole lot of moving around until, you know, like we see a, a car like Aston Martin, like pop off this season. And then it's like, oh, maybe if I do get into this other one. And I think that's more of a logical move for any of the guys that are kind of in that, you know, two, three, four range is like, oh, maybe there's a five, six, seven team that, that I could take to that two, three, four range. But they're still not going to win championships. Trevor, I thought I you were like going to say something. No, I was just going to say – I think for that to happen, you know, we need these top three teams to cycle through their drivers. And, you know, I, you know, if I looked forward for the next couple of years, I could see these top three teams keeping their drivers very consistent. So there's really nowhere for him to go. And, you know, I think, I think Lando's got to be careful in looking too far forward because, you know, he's got you know, potentially the best new driver on his team. And it's up to him to show that he hasn't been passed by by the next superstar rookie. And, you know, despite the fact that his car might not be great, you know, he's got to step up and make sure that he shows. And it's it's very similar to, you know, Schumacher last year. Like, you know, Schumacher got destroyed by by his teammate and that's why he doesn't have a seat this year so we've got to be careful of just because you're the hot new driver or whatever lando is 23 years old and has all the has all the potential if he doesn't you know kind of put his foot down on his teammate and say you know who's the alpha here he's not going to have you know he's going to lose his luster as the next great guy to move to a top three team. I think uh, obviously um, this uh, talk about Aston this year is big because their factory is the end of wind tunnel is going to be done next year, right? And McLaren, that's the whole thing is like Lando said he hang out, not hang out, but you know, stay loyal until the, um, their wind tunnel is done. When is that? Two more years? A year and a half? So, like, uh, you know, the, I think the troubling thing for McLaren right now is, like, if they take a step back this year, um, you know, then 
then definitely I think he, he like I said, he doesn't really have any place to go. But, you know, like if, if there was an opening, I think the top teams would still choose him unless Oscar just, you know, comes out gangbusters, which he could based on his, uh, his uh, resume and whatnot on there. I guess I'll use that to segue into who do you guys think will be the best new driver? And when I say new, I can mean new to the grid, new to a team. Like, who's your predictions? I mean, I I drafted him, so Fernando Alonso is going to get, I think, P3 in the championship this year. It'll be Max, then Leclerc, then Fernando. Is that a, in the hot takes episode? No. Nope. <laughs> no, the thing about hot takes are it doesn't matter if you need them for just one episode. They're always there. You just need to know where to look. I think Todd's been really buying into these Lando or these Alonzo postseason uh, interviews. He's just fully on board with the fact that Alonzo definitely earned 200 extra points last season. He did. He and, lost and 90 like, points. You can check the math. <laughs> I'm just convinced, one race. I'm convinced he's on Storovich's payroll. After years of going against the Royal Canadian family, now he's one of them. Like, this is a Greg in succession. Or not Greg, Tom in succession. Sorry, spoiler alert. Wow, plot twist. <laughs> this is actually a really good question because there's actually, there was a lot of movement. Um, not only drivers, but principals, uh, team principals. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the other thing as well, because as a Ferrari enthusiast, I do hope that Fred Vassar brings a amount of credibility and maturity to the room, because I just think based on the silhouettes and the brief synopses we got over the course of the first three episodes of Drive to Survive, like Mateo had checked out, it seemed like I'm still convinced that that first episode, he was interviewing Gunter Steiner for the Ferrari role. And if there's one thing my heart would want, it would be to truly put one chaos agent next to the other chaos agent in more modern Formula One, because I think that's the only way they're going to win a title or they're going to go bankrupt and they will never race again. I can't. I can't even entertain that. I, I wanted. To, I, I would love the, to see that clown show, but I respect Ferrari too much for being the the oldest team. I wouldn't want to see see them be like a an Italian episode of The Office for twenty three races. I mean, Italian. He speaks Spanish. He speaks French. He speaks German. Like he truly is the prince that was prom- promised from a middle management office incompetency perspective. <laughs> At one point, they were very competent, but uh, yes, some somewhere along somewhere along the way, they've kind of lost their. Uh, I think pizzazz. the, the, the and, inflection and that point be, that that could be Ferrari or or Haas under under Gunther. We could talk about either one of those. So, yeah. no, I was going to say, I think what was the assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand for me in terms of Haas's competence was when that nerdy Australian kid asked Gunther if he was a rock star or a wanker, and he just laughed a little too hard at it. So I just feel like that's the racing god saying, "You're a wanker now." <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that. Uh... Because I drafted him, Logan Sargent is the surprise rookie of the season. But I'm not very optimistic on that. I mean, I think Gasly, just because we're going with the new guys, I think Gasly is going to be 
I think at the beginning Ocon would be better, but I, I've always liked Gasly, so I feel like at, by by the end of the season he can overtake a. This is truly his year for to, to prove himself. Right? Put a stamp on how everybody rates him because a lot, most of the grid rates him pretty highly as a good, like a pretty good driver, and says he has the potential to you know race at the top, whatever. But I think this is the year that. Uh, he really needs to, you know, put up or shut up, basically. But can you imagine those sparks when he's battling his teammate? Obviously, Otmar has no qualms about letting them race, as we saw in, well, multiple races last year. But the one that sticks out was, what was it, Jetta? When they were going wheel to wheel for quite a while. <laughs> for 20 um, laps. Yeah. The, but, like, yeah, I, I think uh, this is his year to prove that if he's really everything everyone says he is well i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say piastri is the newcomer that makes the most waves he's got the best track record of any new guy coming into formula one in quite a while so you know i think he'll probably start a little bit slowly but as mclaren fixes their car and you know piastri kind of figures it out a little bit, I think he could open up a lot of eyes. And I had him very high on my list of guys to take, and the fact that it didn't come up on my my choices was a little bit disappointing. But I, I think Piastri could really have a have a solid season, especially if we, we look at races, you know, eight through twenty three. I want to circle back on one more topic, if that's okay. And that is the concept of the top six seats being open. Who do you think of the top six drivers, essentially Team Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, who is the first seat that's going to open? And what would be your prediction in terms of who's going to take that seat? I think it's either Checo or if Lewis retires. Lewis retires, Lando takes a seat. Yeah, Aaron, did you give us a pick about uh, both of those possible openings? Uh, no, but man, that's just, I know that every fan will want to say it here, Danny, but that's, I feel like in Red Bull, they, they would just, I mean, talking about Lando, they've apparently offered him three times, contracts three times. So if he if he, if, if they could snatch Lando, I really, even though we know that it's Max's team, they're freaking best buddies. Can you imagine both of them partying it up <laughs> right, after, right after a race win in the DJ booth and then racing on the track? No, I think they're best buddies uh, as long as they don't race against, uh, race against each other. I think the minute they become teammates, I think that friendship slowly starts to crack because I don't think either one of them wants to give an inch, let alone a mile. No, no definitely. But, I mean, I, th- I think you choose like – and that, because the, the that young group of talent is just so talented. Like Trevor said, like – Piastri is so freaking good. Like, his potential is, like, through the roof. Um, I mean, even Logan Sargent, I mean, he, he had signs. I was watching some of his, you know, highlights and stuff like that. Not, not that I watched a bunch of F2, but, you know, he, he's a competent driver. That's, that's better than some of the guys that have been out there before. So, yeah, I feel, I feel like, like Lando would, would, would take it because out of the top six, I mean, though, he, he's, like, the – He's a youth, right? Mm-hmm. Nick, 
I would ask Trevor, but I think Trevor's frozen in the sands of time right now. But Nick, what about you? What seat's opening up and who do you think would take it? I mean, I think I think Checo leaves Red Bull out of those top three teams. I don't know. Top yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see Checo being happy with, with number two to Max for too long. You know, I think We've already seen the greatest number two in the history of the sport in this generation with Valtteri Botas. You know, like nobody has that much patience. These guys all we've talked about as as, you know, nice as they are on on camera and in the interviews, they're all ruthless, egomaniacal maniacs. They have to be to be this good at driving at this level. So I think he gets frustrated. Uh, You know, Red Bull's not going to not going to push him they're not going to risk anything to upset max. Um, so Checo probably leaves at the end of this season at some point or, or some point. And I don't really know who, who hops in there. I mean, I don't think it's Danny Rick, but I also just don't, I don't see anybody in the midfield hopping into that seat thinking, Oh, I'm going to be, you know, competitive at Red Bull, right? Like Checo's a great driver. The car's a great car. You're seeing how he's he's performed and how he's treated by the team, you know. And unless you're one of the really young guys, the you know, or maybe maybe Alex Albon because you've got like a little bit of fire to like prove yourself to Red Bull again. But you know, otherwise, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to jump into that seat for most people, which is the unfortunate. Like, you know, you have to you have to wait until Max's at the end of his career, the same way that we, we were talking about Lewis being towards the end of his career when, when George Russell made the jump to Mercedes, right? Like that has to be in the back of your mind. I'm not going to, you know, necessarily be the number one on the team, but if I hop in here a couple of seasons early, then I might be the number one when, you know, the King steps down kind of situation. No, I like your Checo shout. The only one I could think of, and this is a bit of a reach and it goes in the face of everything I've said. I think Carlos signs would come home. And I think he, while I rate him as a driver, probably better than Carl, uh, Charles, but that's just my personal opinion, not that of the panel. I do think he also has the temperament, at least initially, to, let's say, do a shift of two to three years as a number two driver, be happy with the occasional podium or the occasional first place. But I don't know. I mean, it is one of those things that is simultaneously very rewarding in the short run, but then it goes against the face of everything that we've always been taught about these racers, which are these guys are highly competitive assholes that will never give up anything in their life. They feel that they're the best at what they do and they're not going to go gently into the light. Isn't Carlos currently in that position with Ferrari though? Like why would he go to Red Bull? I think at this point, so the engine doesn't explode every third race. No, I mean, not only that, but I mean, I think it's slightly more infuriating to me because I think that talent gap between Charles and Carlos is smaller than the talent gap between Max and Carlos. And as we've talked about Max being Jordan, I think people are okay playing second fiddle to Jordan if it gets them some of that shine. I'm really interested to see what Ferrari does this year because for all intents and purposes, Charles Leclerc should wipe the floor with him. He is the Italian prodigal son. He's the one that Ferrari has been dreaming about. He's the one that they've been grooming for the last couple of years. But for all of that, Carlos is still always within striking distance. And I would make the argument that as bad of luck as Charles had last year, Carlos almost had worse luck. And it'll be an interesting battle for me. 
think I think that within the teams this year, there's going to be a lot of a lot of good battles. I think that there's not going to be as much cl- uh, disparity between the, the the drivers as in other years. So especially with the new drivers, so so it's interesting to see. Like I said, um, we mentioned this. I think before we started recording, they're like, um, I think the top six we sort of know SMR might throw in there, but the midfield, um, just uh, what the midfield looks like, not only within the teams but within the drivers, I think is going to be really interesting. We will see. Can we just make Trevor's image the cover art for this episode, <laughs> or should we use that for the hot takes episode? What would be better? <laughs> I do think that uh, I do want to say that I think the Checo seat is the one that's going to open up first. And I'm going to say that the driver that takes it has not been mentioned on tonight's episode. So whether it's an F2 guy or something, I feel like Red Bull will do do something crazy like when they gave Albon the seat and just just say – Screw it. We're just gonna we're just gonna go with the next guy. We're gonna find the next guy. Latifi. <laughs> they do. I mean, Red Bull has a gigantic driver pool, and if Max is thirty seconds yeah. ahead of everyone, it doesn't really matter where their P two car is. Yeah. So I could see that, especially especially because their AlphaTauri guys are not. You know, doesn't seem like they're prospects for for the Red Bull seat. Unless DeVries shines. I think that's more likely than Yuki. Uh, I I hate to say that, but it's just like, is there any driver that we think this might be their last year for, let's say, the foreseeable future, if they don't perform up the par? I mean, Yuki's definitely in a hot seat. Yeah. Yuki Yuki. and Guan Yu. Oh, you think Guan? Yeah. Yeah. I just Joe. didn't want to call him. I didn't want to call him Joe because the British media. So I'm going the other way. I'm just going to call him Guan. Red Bull, Checo leaves, and they just bring in uh, and get the PR move and bring in Jamie, Jamie Chadwick. Oh, I'd be so <laughs> for on. that. Can we give? Can, so we give for that. can we give him a Jamie the hot that, trade right? crown? Because that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's in. She's in F three, yeah. so she's got a ways to go yet. But no, was, she's in, in Indie Lights. Indy, I thought Indie Lights. Yeah. Oh, isn't yeah? She's doing indie lights so she can get an indie car seat and then prove herself that way. I hope that's, so that's bad great. that she that would be so awesome. that she works her way into Formula One. She's talented. She absolutely dominated the W Series like more than Max dominated last year. It was insane. I hope she gets a seat somehow. <clears throat> no, there will. Well, I would. There'll definitely be somebody that shakes loose from that next driver pool, whether it's. Whether it's her or, you know, somebody else, and I feel like that per- that person is going to steal a seat next year in twenty twenty four. So, and when's the next team? When's the the Audi? Audi's taking Sauber. Officially, yeah, just- they'll be Audi Sauber after this year because Alfa Romeo is going away after this year. Got it. But, okay. but that team is still the same team. Yeah, still the same team. Yeah, but no- if another team comes or two yeah. joins the grid, then we got more drivers. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say like we're about we're about at time. Like Trevor, Aaron, since you're our guest, you know, 
you have you have the floor if you need if you need, if you've got a hot take for us we're all we'll are all ears i mean aaron kind of dropped one there with but no i i want i want i want an 11th and a 12th team on the grid like i think i think that would be the best thing for you know people like us and give give you more drivers to talk about and all that stuff but it really feels like the teams don't want that and unless something happens you're just going to be stuck with this whole situation where Audi buys themselves into a team or you know somebody buys Alpha Tori so maybe maybe that'll be my hot take somebody buys Alpha Tori for 500 million dollars because it's the only way to get on the grid I mean Alpha Tori take is is that's been the talk right this past week yeah um, pretty much the uh it's almost inevitable for that's going to happen, but I, I think there's going to be teams added. I just don't think it's going to be. I think it's be for obviously for 2026, um, and we have 12 teams on the grid, which would be fantastic. Um, and I, I feel that there's going to be more works teams because I also think that to win a championship, you have to be a works team. You can't be a customer car. Um, but that's a personal opinion. But uh, I want to see more manufacturers back into it and then see more of uh, that head-to-head. So we have, like, it would just be, I just dream about it, it would be fantastic for racing in Formula 1. I mean, the rule changes last year definitely made things way more competitive in the, in the middle of the field. So I'm really optimistic towards the future of it if you know, next, next big one's 2026, right? Like, you know, it's, it's only a few years away and there could be some serious, you know, presumably you've got a couple of the, you know, the OGs stepping on, off of the, the track by then with Lewis and maybe, maybe Alonzo, maybe even Botas, you know, so there could be some really interesting new teams and new, just all around new kind of, beautiful chaos that came with last season and all these teams not knowing what the hell was going on. You know, like I think that was like my favorite part of last season was, you know, just looking, looking at like the the beginning of the season, uh, obviously as like we, we talk about in a previous episode or, or in the hot takes episode, but like the, uh, the idea of competitive racing to people that love this sport is more important than the dominance of one team or driver right like we'd rather see five teams battling for the podium than max winning 23 straight races although it'd be fucking awesome to see you know i don't want to see that but it like it, it in hindsight we'd all be like yeah that was the greatest race drive that was the greatest drive we've ever seen in the history of anything and we'd be like thankful to have seen that and experienced that but like at the end of the day we're all going to choose to see more competitiveness and see more teams in the mix that actually can you know like actually have a shot at a podium actually have a shot to like be competitive with these top teams so it's kind of interesting because like i i don't really understand the alpha tory i've never really understood the alpha tory team in terms of like how that actually works with red bull mainly because like to 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 the point of our conversation the last 15 minutes the driving the driver pool at Red Bull and the secondary team, which is AlphaTori, is not the next best drivers in the pool from Red Bull. Like we don't expect 
either of those AlphaTauri drivers in a Red Bull seat ever. Like, um, you know, maybe Nick DeVries pulls off a miracle somehow and Checo steps down and there could be a whole storm of things. But like, it's really odd to me that you have this secondary team, but then you still have this massive pool of drivers that exist that's really going to jump over your secondary team. So I would love to see them sell the team, you know, bring in, bring in new energy in some way, but I'm not sure if that, I'm not sure if I, if I really believe that could happen. Well, it already was rumored. So we can get into that on another pod. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being a part of the draft. Um, if you want to let everybody know how they can find you outside of the show, feel free to do that. Uh, Aaron, A-I-R-O-N-0828, Twitter, Instagram. Not too much on there, but of course on the Sneaker History and Exhaust Notes Discord is usually where you uh, find me. Uh, Trevor, Iron Trev on all platforms and... Uh, like Aaron said, just just come hit us up in the uh, Sneaker History Discord because it's been hopping all year. So there's lots, lots of action in there. So come on in. You're going to find something you want to talk about. You can find me on Definitely. Twitter Love at Roheasy, on Instagram at RoadM13. Uh, OnlyFans, Curry in a Hurry. I think that's actually going to happen this year. So thanks, Todd, for the inspiration and the kind words. <laughs> Uh, you can find me as a number one subscriber to Rohit's OnlyFans and uh, Instagram at dadshue, S-H-U-E dot JPEG. Uh, Twitter is dadshue underscore JPEG. And they already said it, but hit us up in the Discord. Fantasy starts soon. Get in while you can. Yeah, Definitely. My name is Nick Ingvall. You can find me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms and um, follow Exhaust Notes FM on all the platforms too. I promise we're going to do some more posting this season outside of the Discord as well. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. See you guys.